Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, our mission is to create the next generation of great bosses. We do this through a variety of training programs, which include our 13-month live masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Boss. This program provides the basic building blocks for being an effective lead, supervisor, or manager. We also have a 13-month live virtual masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Teammate. In this program, we work with individual contributors, building the people and technical skills that will make them more effective. Many of these modules refer to the work in our management program so all employees can be on the same page. A new program for this year is our Art of Being an Administrative Superstar. Your admin staff is the backbone of your organization. This program gives them the important problem-solving and decision-making tools, which will absolutely increase their effectiveness. We offer a number of one-hour short-topic seminars as well, and these are perfect for in-service training and brown-bag lunches. Finally, we offer the opportunity to license all of our materials so your in-house trainers can deliver our programs. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or call us at 931-221-2988. You know, one of the best things about having this podcast is just the wide array of guests that we've had over the past few years that we've run it. I think we're up to maybe close to 170 episodes now. We've had a lot of consultants, we've had speakers, we've had mixed martial artists, uh, we've had a lot of coaches. But this coach in particular is one that I was very excited to have on the show. Mark Stevens was with us, I guess, maybe about six or eight months ago. But since then, he actually wrote a book. The book is called The Coach Approach, A Better Way to Lead in Business and Beyond. And so I had to have Mark back on the show to talk about this book. And the beauty of this is that this is what Mark does for a living. Mark coaches leaders. He travels around the world working with different leadership groups. And this approach is something that he's actually been working on for many years, uh, recently getting his coaching credentials. And so this is what he's doing. He gives us a lot of great information in this episode on how we can use coaching as a better way to develop people. We delve into topics around productivity and even we get into the topic too a little bit about meetings. And so lots of great information on this one. Mark's a great guy. I know you're going to love him. So let's let him do the talking. Time for us to make sure that personal item is tucked under the seat in front of us. Make sure that your seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Mark Stevens, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Mac. Great to be on. Yeah, it's great to have you back. We had you on, I guess, uh, maybe six, eight months ago. I think when we talked, it was hot outside. So, you know, it's definitely freezing cold. You know, we're right here last week of the year before we hit the holidays. But Mark, you have authored a new book. It is called The Coach Approach, A Better Way to Lead in Business and Beyond. And so I want to take some time to talk about the book. But for the benefit of the audience that did not get to hear you on the last episode, Mark, tell us about yourself, your journey, and what you're working on today, and then we'll dig into this book a little bit. 
Yeah, jeez, uh, wow, big broad question there. I'm uh, 59. I've been a international uh, trainer, speaker, leader of of leaders through uh, a nonprofit I work with, FCA, and uh, through that and through a journey of uh, reading a book called Living Forward by Michael Hyatt, putting together a life plan. I read that and I said, you know what, I want to do that. And then I heard about getting a coach to help me live out my uh, plan. And so um, through that, he said, you should be a coach. And I've coached sports for 35 years, um, 20 years high school wrestling, and uh, God in his infinite wisdom, great sense of humor, gave me four daughters, none of which are wrestlers. So I coached girls across 15 years. And I kind of had the aha moment, like some of my sports coaching applies to being a leadership coach, an executive coach, and read the read 10 books on coaching. And now I've gotten certified by International Coaching Federation, the largest governing body of coaches. And through my coaching, I just got frustrated sometimes with the people I was coaching and saying, you should take the coach approach. And, and that led, that was one of the factors that led to me writing this book, The Coach Approach, uh, which has been exciting to see how it's been received and, and work with many different types of audiences uh, uh, who desire to take the coach approach. Excellent. Well, then let's talk about The Coach Approach, the book. So give us a high level overview of it, and then let's dig into some of those pieces together. Yeah, I, I kind of broke it down into four parts. The first part of, of the coach approach is possibilities. Like, what are the possibilities with your staff when they come to you and they, they use the word, I can't? How do you turn that into a possibility and, and maybe ask the question, what if, is a great question to ask at that time. So the first part is about possibilities and having a growth mindset, believing something is different, even acting differently. And then the second part of the book I dive into, if you're going to take the coach approach, you've got to have the right posture and the right posture in your head and then the right posture in your heart. And from their head standpoint, we've got to be curious, like what are other ways to solve this problem that has you stuck? Um, are you going to are you listening actively? Are you thinking differently? And then from a heart standpoint, there's no way. Somebody's going to take the coach approach if they're not humble. If they know all the answers, they're not going to be humble and be curious and have empathy and self-control. And then the third uh, kind of P um, after possibility and posture is really what is the process? What is the process of coaching somebody, whether you're meeting them in the hallway or you have a 30-minute meeting in your office or you're doing it with a group of people in a meeting? What is that? approach and there's a lot of different um, processes, but simple form is what is the outcome we want from our conversation, our meeting, and then how can we get new awareness and then what are the action steps from, from there? And then the final thing is really pivot because Mac, most people aren't taking the coach approach. So this is something different. And if you're gonna do something different, you're gonna have to create uh, some new habits. You're gonna have to realize you're making some mistakes and how to how to change how to change that and so those are kind of the four kind of big broad areas of the coach approach that i cover in my book so for this one mark you've got a, a very wide background who is really your ideal audience for this book yeah 
Um, I, I think I'm gonna. I, I wrote the book for somebody who's leading others. That's who I wrote okay. the book for. Um, but I want to help people at the end of the day. So when people called for me, when people have called for me to speak, I've said yes. So literally, I spoke at a a local church mops group, the mothers of preschoolers, and how can they take the coach approach? I spoke to Hood College 35 sports coaches. How to how does that sport coach take this the coach approach? But mostly it's been with leaders. Uh, I've talked to um, executives and people who are managing and leading other people. That's been kind of who's who's gravitated it toward towards right now. Okay, great. So when uh, when you get feedback, what are the parts of the book that people seem to be responding pretty well to? The number one, uh, the number one thing is about listening. I say it like this, Mac. I said, wait, what's something you do every year, every month, every week, every day, every hour? You listen. And yet only 2% of all Americans have had any training on listening. And this is, we're talking to HR people right now. Man, if you're an HR person, you better be a really good listener. And listening to what is being said and what is not being said by the person who's coming in. And having empathy, for sure. That's a big part, big part of it. And I think when I think back, what training have I had? Maybe what training you, you've had, you have a military background, maybe you have a lot more training and listening. But mostly people go, I remember, I think, in marriage counseling about reflective listening. When my spouse says something, I repeat it back in my own words. It, that's about what people have these days. And it's so important to be, I, I talk about being a champion listener, and I'm on a journey. I'm on the journey to becoming a, a champion listener. I, I like to say I graduated from the Ivy League of the Eastern Shore, Salisbury University. <laughs> and uh, I was looking for the easy class. I don't know, Mac, you, you know, and your your kids probably didn't look for the easy class when you went to college, but um, I, I took scuba diving one semester. Really, I did. And then I said, I'm going to take listening. And I took listening, and, and I'm ashamed to say I got a C in listening. And because listening is actually a lot harder than I thought. It wasn't actually easy class. And, and, uh, and Max, so they identify with that because there's so many different areas of listening. Are you a good listener on video calls? What does it take to be a good listener? And then what does it take to be a good listener in a one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face meeting? What does it take to be a good listener with uh, in a small group around a boardroom table? What does it take to be a good listener in a large group of, of 20, 100, 1,000 people in a, in a conference? There's different skills for each one of those. So that's one of the things that people have really resonated with is really uh, listening. That's interesting to think about that we have such poor listening skills. Has this always been the case or are we just gonna blame it on cell phones like we tend to blame everything on those things? Yeah, I mean, when, when we get into, when I get into working with people in workshops and trainings of like, what, what can you do? The number one thing people say is put down my cell phone. You know, mm -hmm. they know that they need to do that. And some go as far as put it away and don't get it out of their pocket and, and remove the buzz. But um, I think there's other things that we can that have been around forever and and there are certain distractions. So one example I use is 
for me, I want to become a champion listener when I go out to a restaurant. Me and my wife go out to a restaurant. I want to be a champion listener with her. And so what I, I'm an extrovert. So I always sit with my back to the wall so I can see everybody coming in and go, oh, man, there's Mac and Barb. And there's my friends from the neighborhood. And I coach that kid over there. And, and I love that part. But, hey, Mac, that doesn't make me a good listener. <laughs> and so now what I do is I sit with my back to the people so I can only see my wife and the wall. And that is an intentional thing I have done to move me towards being a champion listener. Look, I'm not even in the top eight. I'm not even an all-American listener. But I want to be. You know, desire is a part of it. Making steps like this that you want to be. Before every Zoom call, I clear off my desk so I'm not distracted. Like, oh, man, look at that. I got that note there, and I got to do this, and I got to do that. Um, another practical thing I do is I write down things. If I'm, if I'm on a zoom call with eight people and something comes to my mind, it's like, Oh man, I got to call somebody about that. I write it down, get it out of my mind and get back focused into listening. Oh, that's great. Well, you also mentioned something about empathy. So talk to us about that as well. You know, empathy is a, is a thing that really helps us with the whole idea of mental health. People need to know that we care. And listening, being a good listener alone, helps people know that we care, which helps with people's mental health, that somebody actually cares about me. And asking follow-up questions to what somebody knows demonstrates empathy and great eye contact, staying in there with them and let them know that we really do care. And it's, it's interesting you know, Mac, you've written a lot of books. This is my first one. It's interesting when you you look at your book and it's like a mirror looking back at you like these are my these are my failures, you know? And I'm literally <laughs> writing this book about empathy. I go to the gym, I see one of my buddies and I said, Hey, let's get together um this afternoon and hang out. He goes, Ah, sorry, I gotta I can't do it. I gotta go to a funeral. And I was like, Oh, dude, well maybe on Sunday or could we when could we get together? And then I got home. And I'm like going, he just told me he's going to a funeral. And I just blew by and went to my own agenda like, hey, how about on the next day or the next day? It's like I wasn't demonstrating empathy there, you know. And uh, some of these are uh, being aware of our shortcomings in demonstrating empathy. But also, I think, not beating ourselves up and celebrating that, hey, I did, I did listen well in the middle of that uh situation and or a, a, another situation in that situation i described i didn't listen well and why didn't i listen well well i was about my own agenda it was all about me that's not very um humbling or selfless and to to, to demonstrate empathy in a conversation we have to be more concerned about the other person than us well what would have been a better response to that i mean because i'm with you i've I don't know if I want to even go down that path because I, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, you see it on Facebook. Oh, you know, my, my favorite dog passed away. And you look at the response. Oh, I know how you feel. My dog died too. I mean, that does, I don't think that's helpful. But in the same, I mean, that's the opposite is just scrolling past it and to say, well, let me go on to the next one. So what would a better way to 
deal with that have been, do you think, with the coach approach? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the, the coach approach would have said, oh, man, who passed away? And let them share who passed away and say, and then have a follow-up question, not just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry would be good, but follow up with a second question. That really demonstrates that you're engaged, you care, showing empathy. How did that exactly happen? And how well did you know that person? If I would have done that, those three questions or something in that realm would have really demonstrated that I care. And I'm sure, Max, some people are listening to this like, I can't believe that you wrote a book on this and you're still making those mistakes. But um, look, I'm a work in progress, too. And um, I realize it now and I'm trying to grow in that area. Yeah, but I think there's something to be said for somebody like you who's humble. I mean, so we, I think for me anyway, I think we live in a world where people always put out their best self. It's kind of like everybody's mm -hmm. Sunday best, Monday through Sunday. And yep. I don't think anybody is real. And for me, I mean, if I was going to hire somebody to help me lose weight, I would want some guy that was 400 pounds and loved to eat and drink and be lazy and... I, and, and figured out how to do it. Now, I'll listen to that guy because mm. I know he's been there. But if you've never had to worry about fat your entire life, I don't know if you can totally empathize with me. So I think there's something to be said. A work in progress is really what we're all doing. You're just owning up to it. And I think that's powerful right there. Well, thanks, Mac. Thanks. I appreciate it. And I am trying to I am trying to grow. grow and, you know, along those lines, I... I have a coach that I meet with on a monthly basis that coaches me and my issues. And, and, um, and I was sharing with him some things and, and he was helping me grow in certain areas. Um, and I said, I want to become a champion listener. And he goes, wow, I have seen you grow a ton in the area of listening. And that felt good to get that affirmation because I want to be better. Look, Mac, I got one wife, four daughters, and a female dog that I live with. So there's a lot of talking going on in my house and I got to be a great listener for my daughters. Yeah, that is a very uh, unique situation right there, but I can only imagine, you know, I only had one daughter at home at the time and you know, that, that took some work sometimes. So yeah, <laughs> I think you used to say I'm a minority and a sorority, I think was that was your That's my line. line. So. You got a great memory. I've lived <laughs> It's amazing though that they've all grown and uh, you guys are empty nesters now. I remember when your girls were, were real little. So I, as you can tell, I've known Mark for probably since about 2002, I think. It's been a long yes, time. but a uh, long time. 20 plus years for sure. Yeah, it's flown. Well, when you told me, you know, it's 17 years at your latest gig, I think I just I remember when you were excited about starting that. So, you know, yep. time has flown. But hey, I want to go back to something you mentioned. because You've had it a couple times with mental health. I don't know if we're more aware of mental health or if more mental health challenges are happening now. But how does that factor in to somebody's well-being and coachability? Yeah, I mean, I, mental health is, you know, one of the top buzzwords today, for sure. Um, you think about it, I think about it for young people, but then we, you know, we just have this, uh, the 40-year-old Helen uh, DeGeneres is a yeah, um, Twitch, DJ. Yeah. Twitch killed himself, like, 
beautiful wife, beautiful kids, beautiful gig. He's working like what's going on there. And so it's, it's really is all ages. I would say, you know, for my daughter, who's a college uh, lacrosse player, um, you know, lots of people are dealing with this. I think sometimes it's, uh, people have a, I, I just wonder if way back in the day, like Mac, did we and you and I and people who are our age in the late fifties, early sixties, did we have mental health issues? I think, I think we did, but I think there was some, some grit or something like that to get through it. Um, but, but it is real. Okay. Let's just, I'm going to say it is, it is, it is real. So, from a person in the HR standpoint, we have to know that it's real and we have to, I think being a great listener, uh, being empathetic, showing that we care is, is a must, uh, during this time of people dealing with, um, with mental health. And I think that's where some of these components, uh, in my book of, of, uh, the coach approach helps them deal with somebody, um, with mental health, but it, it is, it is real and uh sometimes people need to actually go and meet somebody and, and and talk it through with a professional and get the help that they need yeah i you know it's funny because of course with my my kids are young adults and you know when i talk to them about friends and and some of their relationships you know, and I never want to do this because there's nothing worse than an old geezer like me saying, well, in my day, you just suck it up. You just yep. make it happen. I can't believe you. But I think the difference is back then, nobody knew all this stuff. If you had somebody that had issues, you just said there's something wrong with that guy. You know, my brother, I think, had ADHD the whole time growing up and no one knew what it was. We just my parents said, oh, Marshall's just hyper. He's hyper. Mm -hmm. Because he was, but I watched when he passed away, I did a kind of a tribute video and I had a lot of our old Super 8 videos and I'm watching him at his birthday parties and I thought, yeah, he most certainly, if this was, you know, 2022, he'd be like, you know, a lot of kids taking meds and, and going to speak to counselors and things, but we didn't have that stuff and nobody yeah. thought it was necessary. But the good news is it is something that people are starting to agree that, hey, we need to look at this and know don't just suck it up. You'll be okay. I think that's the worst advice you can give, you know? Yeah. The, I, I affirm what you're saying right there, 100% of, uh, of being able to identify it and sucking it up is not the way uh, to do to uh, approach it. We need a, an approach that shows that we care about the people. We're empathetic and being a champion listener um, of what is being said and what is not being said. And that's a tough thing. So I just wonder what the conversations with Twitch and so many others that have uh, committed suicide and taken their own life, what what were those conversations going on of what was being said and not being said and, and people taking it seriously and taking action. And I think because there's more awareness of it now, People are taking more action and, and, and asking questions, but it's still uh, it's still a mental health is a still a very difficult issue. It's funny, a mutual friend of ours, Paul Abbott, I don't know if you remember his email signature. I actually wrote it on my wall. He's, it says, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Mm. Um, 
by Philo. I don't know who Philo is, but I suspect he was born several centuries, you know, before <laughs> history. But that's, I think that's it. No one really knows what people are going through. And when somebody opens up a little bit and you start to dig in, I would imagine, you know, get ready for the flood. And so I guess with your active listening skills, uh, you won't have to worry about getting an opportunity to use them. I think that people are anxious to talk and have somebody just pay attention to them. So uh, that alone, I think, would be a, a, a great reason to look at this. You also mentioned something about your book, kind of giving us some tips on how to run better meetings, which you know, it's ironic. My, my youngest daughter now is, is working in corporate America, and that's all she does is go to meetings. And she says, Dad, is this what it's like? I said, that's exactly what it's like. If it weren't for email and meetings, we wouldn't have a reason to have full-time employees. <laughs> You know, but and here we are. So, um, so with this, Mark, what do you have any suggestions for people that are just they got to do something better? These things are killing us. Yeah, I think you when you look at the process of the coach approach of the outcome and awareness and um, your action steps, you can apply that to meetings. That's almost like a a group coaching session, and you know we. Everybody on this uh, podcast has heard that don't don't have a meeting if it can be handled in an email, right? Don't, let's don't get everybody together. And I think about when I have meetings with people all around the world. I I just wonder how expensive that is when we took if we took our hourly wage of everybody. It's like this is a lot of money that's being spent mm -hmm. right now on the four of us, the eight of us, the twenty of us here, and how that happens. Like your daughter says, every single day many times a day, mm -hmm. is it really worth the value to get people together? So I think, you know, um, what do we, what are, what is the outcome we want of this meeting today? What is it? Is it just me passing along information? Send an email, send a little mm -hmm. video message, but what, what is it that we want? And then the second part of that is awareness. And that is, uh, the person leading the meeting, asking thought provoking questions, to draw out of the people um, what is inside of them, of their experience and their knowledge and their creativity, and and then coming up with some action steps. The action steps alone, I think, uh, Mac, are, are just key. I think we've all been in meetings where we leave, like somebody's leading the meeting, thumbs up. Everybody know what you're going to do? Great. I, I got it. Going. No, we need some very clear action steps that are almost like smart goalish, you know, by Friday, I will call these two uh, managers and make sure uh, to ask them these two questions, very clear action steps, that's going to move the process forward. And that so I think running better meetings to, to define clearly the outcome, let everybody know it, ask some questions that create awareness. And then finally, what are the action steps that people are going to leave from this meeting? I don't know. I still vote for just not having a meeting, but that's just me. So, yeah. Because I agree. I think you look at the cost of a meeting and you think all these people in this room, um, we're paying, there should almost be a counter on the wall. Like oh. the longer we're in, this is what like the dollar figure goes up and up and up. Boy, that'd get people out in a hurry. Or just electrify the seats and every five seconds you should give people a shock in the rear end, you know? <laughs> I don't know if that would be under empathy or not, though. But anyways, it's a good strategy. Yeah, I don't think so either, because you can't <laughs> rush empathy with electric shocks, I guess, right? <laughs> 
Well, I want to ask you one more question here, Mark. So um, the issue of coachability, I mean, you were laying out some great principles, but it seems to me that the person getting coached has got to be ready. I just can't say, hey, I got this total loser of an employee. You need to go sit with Mark Stevens. He's going to straighten you out. You really need some coaching. Uh, what is the chances that would actually work? Very slim. Very okay. slim. So when coaching was introduced 30 or 40 years ago in corporate America, it was for that. Coaches were hired to help the worst employee to, uh, you know, get, try, you know, it's kind of last ditch effort to turn that guy around. That is my personal experience uh, when I've coached people that I've been hired to coach, but they didn't want to be coached. Their company was paying for it. It didn't go over well. Um, even in even in FCA, uh, there's some people, and I just said, you know what, this person's not coachable. They're, they they don't want to learn. It's their way or the highway, and so we just stopped the process with them. Uh, but so fast forward, what is happening today? Companies are hiring coaches to coach their very top level people. Because the top level people are, are you know, 20% of the people are getting 80% of the work done. So let's mm -hmm. invest in them in coaching and accelerate what they're actually uh, producing because they're the ones that show up humble. They're the ones that show up um, coachable. They're the ones that show up with a growth mindset, looking for opportunities to grow. And so those are the people, if you were to hire a coach or get uh, coach somebody, they, they've got to be um, demonstrate some of those characteristics uh, for them to go, but grow. But I, I, my personal experience is that somebody who doesn't want to be coached, it's very tough to turn them around. Very tough. Yeah. Well, I guess the last thing we got to talk about, Mark, is uh, number one, if right now I'm listening to this and I say, I need the coach approach. I need coach Mark Stevens to help me figure out better directions, to help me get my priorities in order, be a better listener. What's the best way for us to reach you? And then secondly, where do we get a copy of this book? Yeah, so I have a website, um, www.coachmarkstevens.com. And that's M-A-R-K, and my last name, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, -E um, coachmarkstevens.com. And then, um, my book is on Amazon, paperback, and on Kindle. Uh, probably in two or three months, it'll be on Audible. And I'm coming to companies and organizations, and I'm speaking, talking about the coach approach, um, giving a 30-minute, an hour presentation. I'll say this, just that the coach approach is an active thing. So I can wet somebody's taste buds in 30 minutes, 60 minutes, but they're really not going to get the coach approach unless we sit down for uh, multiple sessions or uh, a workshop to focus on one of these things to help them them move forward. And it's been exciting to uh, to do that. Excellent. The book is The Coach Approach, A Better Way to Lead in Business and Beyond. The website to go to is coachmarkstevens.com to catch up with Mark and book him to maybe set up some time to meet with you. Mark, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with us today. And uh, best of luck as you promote the book and get out there and help us all become just better human beings. We really appreciate it. Thank you. 
Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs. More information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.